Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode numero tres of a podcast I like to call This and That, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything going around the fucking world. And you know what's going around the fucking world right now? Coronavirus. Oh boy. Well, we'll get into that. We got a lot of sports news to talk about. Tom Brady leaving the fucking Patriots, going to the Bucks. Son of a bitch. <clears throat> and of course, a bunch of players going to different teams. We'll talk a little bit about some MLB and of course... We'll talk some politics, some Trump, some whatever. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, who's ready to get in to this motherfucking podcast? Because I am. Well, it's official. If you haven't heard the news, Tom Brady <laughs> is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer now. The man will be making $50 million, uh, for two years in Tampa. Oh, boy. This is an article from NFL.com. Uh, All the articles and the stuff that I'm reading will be in the description down below. But just av- just hours after announcing he would not be returning to the New England Patriots, Tom Brady found his next destination. TB12 is on his way to TB. <clears throat> Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> Wow. Yes, his name is now Bradley. I'm keeping that in. I don't care. Brady has finalized an agreement to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a deal worth roughly $30 million per year, which is incorrect. We have the official deal. Once more, it is $50 million for two years. <clears throat> I guess this is... Uh, what was this article written? Oh, this was written... Three days ago. But, uh... Brady has finalized an agreement to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a deal worth $50 million for two years. Brady's big move down south comes after a whirlwind day of speculation. Brady announced early Tuesday morning that he would not return to the Patriots in 2020, but a verbal decision on where the QB would land was not expected until Wednesday at the earliest. The Chargers and Bucks immediately became the two most likely destinations for Brady after the Tennessee Titans extended Ryan Tannehill on Sunday. And Brady made his league-shattering announcement on Tuesday morning after all. Los Angeles had led Phillip Rivers walk into free agency and into an Indianapolis Colts uniform this offseason. While Tampa Bay has played coy about its attachment to impending free agent Jameis Winston since the combine. Around 6 p.m., NFL Network's Jim Trotter reported the Chargers believed they were out of the running for Brady, with priority to stay on the East Coast because of family concerns. Okay. Just minutes later, Brady had an agreement in principle with the Bucks. So yeah, he wanted he wanted to stay on the East Coast. He he didn't want to go over to the West Coast. He didn't want to switch time zones. I, I see what Brady did here. <clears throat> and so it begins. Act tw- Act twenty one seasons into his storied career, a six time Super Bowl champion, fourteen time Pro Bowler, three time 
first American All-Pro and a three-time MVP with the Patriots. Brady is joining in Tampa Bay, an outfit that had not made the playoffs since 2007. So you get it. Brady's heading off to Tampa. He'll be suiting up there for two years at uh, $50 million and he's currently 43. So he said he wants to play till 45. And <clears throat> I read somewhere that I believe the Patriots opponents for 2021, the Buccaneers, will be one of the home opponents for the Patriots. So that, that, that'll be interesting to see. That'll be quite interesting to see what happens there. But I don't know, man. As a Patriots fan myself, I'm sad to see Brady go. <clears throat> I really am. No, I wish he would have stayed with the Patriots, but I honestly just didn't see that happening with how we went out of the playoffs, got fucking booted out in the wild card round. Honestly, Brady had no one to throw to there in New England, if you think about it. Other than Edelman, that's pretty much about it. <clears throat> Let me kill Harry, kid. Yeah, nah. Yeah, he was all right. I guess we'll have to see what he can bring in a full season of football. Then if, ooh, we'll get into this, the new NFL CBA. Oh, boy. We'll get into that later on here in the uh, podcast, but, oh, the new NFL CBA. Ooh. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, Brady had no one to throw to. All right. I mean, who who is reliable receivers other than Edelman? You know? That and Brady really had no tight end to throw to. So. But, if you look at it, Brady is now in a better situation in Tampa. You know, he's got a pretty good tight end in O.J. Howard. A stacked receiver core in fucking Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So Brady's got some toys to play with in Tampa. Not going to lie. The offensive line, eh, it's all right. I mean, I haven't watched too many Buccaneers games, but hey. We'll we'll see what Brady can do with the uh weapons he's got here in Tampa. I'm uh I'm excited. I'm hoping to possibly get tickets next season to a Buccaneers game as well. I don't know. Uh I'm looking into that. I want to see Brady play in a Buccaneer uniform. That that'll be that'll be sweet to see. But <clears throat> I don't know. Well, we'll have to see how Brady's adventure and uh and um Tampa Bay will stand. You know, I've been I I saw an article. I think it was on uh Yahoo Sports or NFL. I think it was on Yahoo. And it was saying who needs who? Does Brady need Belichick or Belichick need Brady? Da, da, da. You, know, you, know, you know, when I think about that, you think about it, it's like, honestly, Brady needs Belichick. You know? Brady needs Belichick. I'm not saying Brady's a system quarterback, but if you're going to put put that into an argument... Who needs who? I'd say Brady needs Belichick. Because if you think about it, Belichick is one of the fucking greatest coaches of all time. Hands down. 
I mean, I remember, I think it was what, 2008? I think it was 2008 or 2009. I think it was 2008. Tom Brady got hurt. Matt Castle was in at quarterback, and the Patriots still managed to go 11-5 and without Brady. And, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs this, that year, but they still came in with a winning record without Brady. You know? But I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what Bill Belichick is going to do in the draft, you know? Is he going to take a quarterback? Is is he going to take a uh is he going to take a piece on defense? Is you know what what is he going to do? I I I'd say he should take a quarterback. You know? You got a much earlier pick in 21. And this is a pretty good quarterback class. You know, there's some pretty good quarterbacks coming out of this class. Besides Tua and Joe, you know, you got Justin Herbert. Uh who else? I don't know. Jordan Love. Uh, who else do you got coming out there? I know, I know you got a bunch more. Tua, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Joe Love. Uh, but you got a, a bunch of good quarterbacks coming out of this draft. So it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, that's another one. I just thought of that one. Jalen Hurts. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the Patriots do. But, uh, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what Tom Brady does in Tampa, and we'll see how uh, the Patriots do without Brady in New England. You know, this is it's really going to be interesting. It really is. You know? And, of course, a lot of people are saying, oh, Bucks are automatic, two Buccaneers, Brady. No. But of course, what's funny is, who's going to take the AFC East next year? I'm sorry. I know I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm still saying it's the Patriots. Come on. Bills may take the wild card at least at 11-5, 10-6, like last year. Maybe 12-4. I'd say around 11-5, 10-6, somewhere. I'll give them 11-5. Yeah, yeah. 10 and 6 and then the Patriots would finish 11 and 5 and take the division. Depending on well, I just even think about it, it all really depends on who the Patriots get at quarterback as well. But there's a lot of a lot of question marks right now. But a lot of people are saying the uh Bills are going to take the division. But uh How about this trade? Whoo! We're not done with the NFL just yet. The Andre Hopkins Ooh, DeAndre Hopkins is uh, being shipped off to Arizona for David Johnson. This is, uh, I'll leave a uh, link to this in the description. As I said, each and every article is in the description. But Under the player updates, it says Cardinals DeAndre Hopkins headed to Arizona in Blockbuster. The Texans have traded DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth-round draft pick to the Cardinals in exchange for running back David Johnson as well as a second and a fourth-round draft pick. <clears throat> that, that... That... What? Huh? 
Now, I guess Hopkins did want out of Houston. Some people were saying so. I, I, it's Bill O'Brien. What the fuck do you expect? But hey, that beefs up the uh, receiving core for Kyler Murray a lot. You know, that gives Kyler Murray another option on offense to throw to. Uh, how, how old is, let's see, how old is DeAndre Hopkins? 27. Hey. I mean... The Cardinals just got a big upgrade at wide receiver. Now if they can get a couple pieces on that O-line. Hell. Kyler Murray's got another toy to play with, man. Kyler Murray has got himself a new toy to play with. And I know that sounds weird, but I don't give a fuck. (laughs) A new weapon on offense, I should say. There you go. Ooh. Man, I can't wait to see this season unfold. This is going to be an interesting one. It is going to be an interesting one for sure. Uh, it's going to be a sure. Bills acquire wide receiver Stefan Diggs from the Vikings. That's right. Buffalo's making some moves. Stefan Twiggs tweeted earlier Monday afternoon that his exit from Minnesota was imminent. On Monday night, he learned his destination. The Buffalo Bills acquired the Vikings receiver for a 2027th round pick in exchange for a 2021st round pick, 22nd overall, and a 5th round 2020 pick, and a 6th round 2020 pick, and a 2021 4th round pick. So that's, that's not bad. Diggs was less than two years removed from signing a five-year extension to stay in Minnesota <coughs> through the 2023 season. Now the receiver is primed to pay, play the rest of that deal out in Buffalo. Bearing a contract restructure, Diggs is slated to make $11.5 million in 2020. Not bad. I'm going to say that's that's not bad of a move. Josh Josh Allen gets another weapon as well to play with there in fucking Buffalo. I see why people are saying Buffalo is going to take it. Yeah, yeah, okay. How old is Stefan Diggs? Let's see. How old is Stefan Diggs? What kind of season did he have last year? Ooh, okay, so he's 26 years old. Let's see. In 2019, he put up 1,130 yards. Average 17.9 yards. Six touchdowns. 63 receptions. Actually didn't do too half bad. Yeah, that was half of what he was getting in 2018 for receptions. But, hey. He still kicked ass. He still got 1,000 yards. But, Stefan Diggs is going to be a big piece for sure in Buffalo. That's for sure. Contributing... To success there in Buffalo. We'll have to see how that plays out as well. I mean, this upcoming NFL season is going to be good. It's going to be good. That is for sure. That is for motherfucking sure. But that will do it for your NFL transactions. So, 
Here we go. A big juicy topic. The NFL ownership approves terms of potential new CBA. And this officially will be the new CBA. Let's see. NFL owners have approved the terms of a new collective bargaining agreement between the league and the NFL Players Association. The league said in a statement following the owners' meeting in New York on Thursday. This is an article from February 20th, 20th of 2020. Statement read, following more than 10 months of... Okay. So, what, what do we got here? What is this going to offer? Let's see. Well, it's going to offer a 17-game season. Excuse me, an 18-game season, right? I have it pulled up. I'm trying to look where it... Yeah, 17-game schedule. It was a 16... Yeah, yeah. 16 games is something that the veteran players who are a member of the board of representatives do not take lightly. Yeah, so they're... Adding another game, so it's going to be a 17-game schedule. In the new CBA proposal, players would receive an uptuck from the 47 total percent of the revenue they are currently guaranteed over the full CBA, which was approved in 2011. Press who? I don't know. And Rappaport reported that under the proposed deal, the players' share would increase to 48% each year if the league stays at 16 games and to 48.5% if or when a 17-game schedule is approved, which it has been approved. This is an article from a while back. I'm, I'm reading the article here a little bit. Garafalak of Flabalabla, whatever the hell his name is, also reported the following details from the current CBA proposal Friday morning. Teams would now be allowed to see... Teams would now be able to activate a third player off the injured serve during that season. Teams with nine home games in one season of a 17-game schedule would have eight home games the following year. The 17th game would not be an international game for every team there would be a cap on total number of international games player discipline for off-field violations would be heard by a neutral arbitrator but appeals would go to the commissioner and the league would still conduct its own independent investigations into such matters so all right. I mean, the big one I want to talk about is the uh, 17 game extension. You know, that that means an another game of football. And I guess that kind of works the playoffs a little bit, too. Uh, <clears throat> I guess that basically means two more teams are now allowed to be in the playoffs than what we had last year. So, knowing how the Steelers missed out on the playoffs last season, well, if the uh, new CBA deal was in effect, the Steelers technically would have been in the playoffs last year. Uh, I, don't, I don't technically remember the NFC side, but I do know that the Steelers would be in the playoffs last year, but 
the 17-game season rule didn't exist last year. But, hey, we'll have to see how this all plays out next season. And uh, we'll have to see how things play out. Oh, I lied. We're not done with uh, transactions just yet. Lions part with longtime cornerback Darius Slay via Eagles trade. Fuck yeah. Let's go. The Detroit Lions trade star cornerback Darius Slay to the Philadelphia Eagles. The source told ESPN's Adam Schaefner. Detroit received a third round pick 85th overall and a fifth round pick number 166th overall. I believe this is in this year's draft. In the trade according to Schaefer. After the deal, the Eagles and Slay reached an agreement on a three-year, $50 million extension that ex includes $30 million guaranteed. Slay's agent, Drew Rosahamas, who the fuck is that, told ESPN. Sweet! All I'm going to say there is uh, Eagles making some big fucking moves, for sure. And I guess... Slay said this on uh, Twitter. Detroit, y'all have been so good to me and my family. I'm going to miss all the fans and showing the city love. I appreciate all the fans. Excuse me. I appreciate the fans, coaches, staff, and city. Nothing but love and respect to y'all. To my Eagles fans, your boy is ready to work. Let's go. Let's go. Your boy is a Birds fan. Yes, I'm a Birds and Pats fan. Suck it. At Meek Mill, want, at Meek Mill was good. <laughs> ah, fuck. To my Eagles fans, your boy is ready to work. Let's fucking go. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait for this upcoming NFL season. Who can I not fucking wait for this upcoming NFL season? Oh my god, I can't fucking wait. This NFL season is going to be good. It is going to be good. But y'all, Eagles making some big moves at cornerback. That's what's up. Let's fucking go. Moving right along here. Little coronavirus going around in the NFL. Saints head coach Sean Payton says he's been tested positive for the coronavirus. That pesky fucking virus that we'll talk about later on here in the podcast but yes sean payton has been tested positive for the coronavirus new orleans saints coach sean payton tested positive for the coronavirus he told espn on thursday payton is 56 years old as the first person in the nfl world known to test positive for the virus payton said he didn't feel well this past sunday Took the test Monday and received the results Tuesday afternoon. Peyton is resting at home. Fatigue but said the best part of the 20% of cases that have no fever and no cough. But he will isolate in his home through the weekend. And he said he is upbeat and optimistic about a full recovery. And there is a picture here of him with his dog. Oh, puppies. And he says on the tweeter... Appreciate the well wishes. I'm feeling better and fortunate to not have any respiratory symptoms. Four more days at home. 
Hashtag beat C-O-V-I-D. Hashtag fuck C-O-V-I-D. That one wasn't in there. I just added that, but fuck it. Peyton says he's come forward with the diagnosis because he wants all the people to heed the warnings of government officials, stay inside, and behave responsibly. Fuck yes. Don't be listening to the BS the fucking media has to say, people. Alright? This is not just about social distancing, Peyton told ESPN. It's shutting down here for a week, two weeks, if people understand the curve and understand the bump. We can easily work together as a country to reduce it. Take a minute to understand what experts are saying. It's not complicated to do what they're asking of us. Just that type of small investment by every one of us will have a dramatic impact. And then he goes on to say, I was fortunate to be in the minority without the serious side effects that some have. I'm lucky younger people feel that they can handle this, but they can be a carrier to someone who can't handle it. So all we need to do our part. It is important for every one of us to do our part. The virus has spread throughout the world and Louisiana has been one of the most infected states. But we are wishing well wishes to Sean Payton, you know, get well soon. Fuck the fucking coronavirus. I was going to save this one to the end, but fuck it. Speaking of coronavirus and all that, a Senators player has also tested positive for the coronavirus. An Ottawa Senators player has tested positive for ZOVID-19 virus. The player has mild symptoms and is in isolation. Of course, the Senators have not released who said player is. The Ottawa Senators are in the process of notifying anyone who has known close contact with the athlete and are working with our team, doctors, and public health officials. As a result of this positive case, all members of the Ottawa Senators are requested to remain isolated to monitor their health and seek advice from our team medical staff. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, don't know who the Ottawa Senators player is that caught the virus, but again, well wishes to him. But enough of the fucking Corona BS. Let us move on here to, uh, MLB news, a little bit of MLB news. The MLB pledges funds to support minor leaguers. Since last week, Major League Baseball has been engaged of engaged in a variety of discussions with stakeholders to identify ways to blunt the wide-ranging impact of national emergency resu- resulting from the global coronavirus pandemic. Fuck the coronavirus. As those conversations continue, MLB is announcing today a league-wide initiative that will create a level of uniform compensation for the minor league players, covering the period between now and the originally scheduled start of the minor league season. MLB has taken this initial step today because the effects of the season's postponement on minor league players and their families. MLB tends to intends to continue working with all 30 clubs to identify additional ways to support those players as a result of the delayed 2020 season. Each player who is under a minor league uniform player contract will receive a lump sum 
to the equal allowance that would have been paid through April 8th. The exceptions to this plan are a non-40-man roster player who are already receiving major league allowances, players who are currently receiving housing, food, or other services from clubs, and players who are not participating in or expected to participate in minor league spring training. MLB remains in communications with clubs on the development of an industry-wide plan for minor league player compensation from April 9th through the beginning of the coming season. MLB takes the community impact of this crisis seriously. We will continue to monitor the ongoing events and undertake the precautions and best practices recommended by public health experts to protect to to protect fans, players, and ballpark workers. We urge baseball fans to follow suit. MLB extends its best wishes to all individuals and community who have been impacted by the coronavirus. Fuck the coronavirus. In the last several days, MLB has announced a joint 1 million MLB-MLBPA fund to spend food, asso- food assistance to, imp- to those impacted by the crisis and a 30-club club, $30 million effort to support ballpark workers. Individual clubs will continue to announce more details surrounding support for their local communities and players coming together to urge fans to take this crisis seriously. But again, don't overhype it. But basically, the MLB is basically helping out its minor leaguers and helping out everyone. But Honestly, as we all know, the coronavirus did fuck a lot of sports over. It fucked over the remainder of the XFL season. Yeah, that is now canceled. That is no more. That is... So sadly, we will not see an XFL championship game this season. We'll have to wait next season. As we all know, the XFL is funded for a good three seasons. Off of Vince McManny Boo's Manny Pooty Poopy Poo's money. So <laughs> we'll have to see how this all plays out. MLB has suspended their season. NHL has suspended their season. The NBA has suspended their season. Mega March Madness isn't fucking happening. You know, a lot of events are being held with no fans, you know. Shit's crazy. It's very fucking crazy. And I mean very crazy about what's going on right now. But honestly, the media is being the media. And of course, overhyping it, which is... Driving a lot of people crazy, you know, this coronavirus BS is, ugh, and we will get into more of it here in a little bit, but our next story, here's uh, Chris Sale to undergo Tommy John surgery, uh, that's right, Chris Sale will be going through some Tommy John surgery. Best case scenario, could have the lefty back in June slash July of 2021. For all uncertainty that surrounds the 2020 baseball season, the Red Sox are now faced with one grim certainty. Chris Sale won't pitch, won't throw a pitch this season. Yikes. Chris Sale won't throw a pitch this season. Oh, wow. The Red Sox announced on Thursday that their ace lefty will undergo Tommy John surgery. And this is from the Red Sox Twitter. The Red Sox have announced today that left-handed pitcher Chris Sale will undergo 
un lungnar col what ligament restructions or Tommy okay yeah Tommy John surgery on his left elbow damn big words I can't pronounce needless to say this is a tough tough thing for Chris Sale and a tough for all of us here at here with the Red Sox said Red Sox chief baseball officer clam boom you know this this is a big blow to the Red Sox here shit fuck Sale told a Red Sox spokesperson he would speak to the media after his surgery. After he has had his surgery. That, that is a big blow. That is that is a huge blow. Fuck. Well, damn. Get well soon, Chris Sale. Shit. Well, here is our... Final sports piece of this podcast before we move on into world news and politics. Colorado joins California passes bill allowing college athletes to profit profit off name and likeness. Colorado has officially joined California in allowing college athletes to profits to profit off their own names, image, and likeness. Colorado Governor Jared Poles signed a bill into law on Friday, according to USA Today, after it was approved unanimously in the Senate and by a 55-9 margin in the House of Representatives. The law is set to go into effect on January 1st of 2023, the same date that a similar law will go into effect in California. The bill is passed in September. Hell yeah. That's what the fuck is up. That's what I want to hear. And honestly, I hope more teams follow suit. I really do. Excuse me, more teams. More states follow suit. You know? Basically, these fucking colleges and these states and the whole fucking country are profiting off these kids. And these kids ain't touching a cent of it. You know? And think about it, the money these kids are making, excuse me, the the money the NCAA and all these colleges are making off this, off these students, the money could be going to their fucking college tuition. The money could be going towards helping them pay for their college debts and all that, you know? But instead, it's got to go in the pockets of the big corporate people. But I hope all states follow through with this and I hope that they allow players to profit off their likeness and name you know my eyes it's just fucking wrong to profit off someone's name for name and them not get anything you know that's that's it's not right in my eyes that's not right fuck if I knew someone was profiting off my name I'd be like motherfucker You're profiting off my name. I deserve a stake in that. I deserve a chunk of that money. You know? But, hey, I I honestly hope that the, the whole country follows through with this, man. But, 
shout out to fucking California and Colorado for allowing college athletes to profit off their name and likeness, man. I, again, I hope more states follow through with this. But enough with the sports. Let us move on to good old news, politics, and all that good stuff. Uh, last episode, I do believe we took at we took a look at who uh, was still in the race for president and all that. And well, Bill Wheel took my advice and dropped the fuck out. He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm not gonna win this shit. Trump's, you know." But uh, obviously, Trump is the nominee over on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, we are down to the final two. Bernie Sanders versus Joe Biden. Gabbard, Warren, Buttigieg. Let's see who else dropped out. Bloomberg dropped out. Uh, And Gabbard dropped out as well. So, again... We're down to two Democrats remaining. And of course, over on the Republican side, Trump obviously wins the nomination. (laughs) Obviously, he was going to win that by a landslide. We all know that for a fact. So, But taking a look at the rigged-ass primary in Koskis's, Joe Biden is leading with 1,201 delegates, Bernie Sanders has 896, and Elizabeth Warren is in third place with the bronze with 83. Over on the Republican side, Trump, well, basically has 1,339, he basically won the nomination, so there you go, but, uh, We're going to go ahead and take a look at how everything from the date of Super Tuesday has unfolded, which was back in March 13th. Alabama, Joe Biden won that one. 44 delegates went to him. He won 63.3% of the vote with 286,065 votes to his name. 74,755 votes for Bernie Sanders. Eight delegates went to him. He got 16.5% of the vote. I'm just going to read Bernie and Joe. Joe Biden won Arkansas. He had 40.5% of the vote, 92,586 votes. And Bernie had 22.4% of the vote. He got nine delegates. 51,111 votes for good old Bernie Sanders. Hey, but Bernie won a huge, huge state in California. This was a big win. And I mean a big win for Bernie Sanders. He had 34% of the vote. 1,548,000. 25 votes for Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden received 172 delegates, 27.2% of the vote. He he had 1,237,944 votes to his name. Warren came in third. Sanders won Colorado. He had 21 delegates, 36.8% of the vote. Joe Biden had 12 delegates, 24.7% of the vote. Uh, for those wondering where I'm getting this, I just searched 2020 Super Tuesday presidential primaries and boom, there you go. Google it. Joe Biden won Maine, 34.1% of the vote. 
11 delegates went to him. Uh, Biden won Massachusetts. He won Minnesota. He won North Carolina. He won Oklahoma. He won Tennessee. He also won Texas. Uh, he had 34.5% of the vote, 716,030 votes. Uh Bernie had 102 delegates from Texas. Uh, he had 30% of the vote, 622,336. Bernie, of course, won Utah. He had 35.3% of the vote. Obviously, pff, I mean, come on. He won Vermont, his home fucking state. Blew Biden out of the water, had 50.8% of the vote in Vermont. And Biden, well, he won Virginia. That was uh, Super Tuesday. This is March 10th. Biden took Idaho with 48.9% of the vote. He won 11 delegates. Uh, Biden also won Michigan. It's, it's obvious. Like, look at this. They're, they're rigging this shit. They're rigging this shit. It's obvious they're fucking rigging this shit. They don't want Bernie to get this nomination. It, and it's clear. It's clear. They don't... Joe Biden wins Michigan, another big fucking state. 72 delegates, 52.9% of the vote, 838,564 uh, votes in Michigan went to Joe Biden. Biden won Mississippi and Biden won Missouri. Sanders did take North Dakota, but Biden won Washington with 37.9% of the vote. And he received 46 delegates. That was March 10th. Uh, three days ago. I missed it. But uh, yeah. More obvious freaking rigging. Uh, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois all went to Joe Biden. Um. In Florida, Biden had 61.9% of the vote. Yeah, pff, he got blown out of the water. Bernie got blown out of the water. People here in fucking Florida hate Sanders. I see why Sanders got blown out of the water here in Florida. But obviously, Biden gets 152 delegates, 61.9% of the vote, 1,075,807 votes for Biden. And Sanders had 53 delegates, 22.8% of the vote, 396,506 Votes went to Sanders. Yeah. Idaho. Biden had 59% of the vote. 95 delegates went to him. 924,771 votes went to Biden. Sanders had 59 delegates coming out of Illinois. He had 36.1% of the vote. 565,762 votes. And... Now we wait for April 4th, 7th, and 28th. Yep. Now the total number of delegates needed to take the nomination. Uh, I lost it. What happened? There we go. The number of delegates needed to win is 2,273. And again, as of right now, Joe Biden is in the lead with 1,201. Sanders is right behind him with 896. 
I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. This this is ridiculous. It's obvious the DNC once more is rigging this election for Biden to win. It's obvious. I mean, isn't it? They did it in 2016 with Hillary. And, well, we all see how that went. And again, it's happening here in 2020. What, what is, what do, what do they have against, what does the DNC have against Bernie? You know? Honestly, they, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's too far left. He's too socialist. Biden isn't going to be any better. I'm, I'm sorry to say. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a supporter of Biden. He's my second man. If Bernie don't win, which obviously by the looks of it, Bernie isn't going to win. Because, again, the DNC is rigging the nomination, as always. You know, I, I, they don't want Bernie to win. They just don't want Bernie to win. And it's obvious. The DNC is doing anything and everything they can in their power to make sure Bernie Sanders doesn't win this nomination. But here's a new story for you. You guys ready for this one? This is from uh, WFLA.com. And it's regarding the uh, pesky fucking coronavirus. Eight people arrested in California for reselling toilet paper and hand sanitizer at ridiculous prices. Eight people have been arrested in California for price gouging during the coronavirus pandemic. The San Diego County Sheriff's Office... Excuse me. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department says deputies have been monitoring multiple online websites and person-to-person -person sales where people were selling products like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, masks, and gloves at exorbitant prices. Though through a sting operation, deputies dressed in plain clothes met the sellers, made the transactions, and then arrested them. It is illegal in California to sell essential goods and services at extensive and unjustified prices during a declared emergency. Violators can face up to a year in jail and a fine up to $10,000. Again, people... People doing stupid shit. You know? It's, it's crazy. This coronavirus crap has... Honestly, gotten out of control. As you can tell, people are doing stupid shit. Honestly, people people are panicking here. Uh, okay, this is according to uh, worldometer.info. Um, I'll leave a link in the description to this website. But uh, this is a live COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak count. And the total... Cases of coronavirus is 276,007. Uh, let me see if I can refresh this here real quick. Oh, it just updated. Is it every time you refresh it updates? Yeah, it was just... And now it just updated to 276,170. There have been 11,405 deaths and 91,952 people have recovered. Basically, the most likely person to die from the coronavirus is the elderly. You know. Let's just say you're fucked if you're an old person and you have coronavirus. If you're a senior citizen, you got coronavirus, you're basically fucked. 
Shit's nasty, man. It's I guess it's some kind of respiratory infection. I ain't no doctor. But it's it's some kind of respiratory infection. Uh, and I guess here on this page that gives you this the symptoms. Reported illnesses have ranged from people with mild symptoms to being severely ill and dying. Symptoms can include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Which, uh, I thank God have none of those. I'm lucky. <laughs> Typical symptoms, COVID-19 typically causes flu-like symptoms including fever and cough. In some patients, particularly the elder and others with other chronic health conditions, these symptoms can develop into pneumonia with chest tightens, chest pains, and shortness of breath. It seems to start with a fever followed by a dry cough. After a week, it can lead to shortness of breath with about 20% of patients requiring hospital treatment. Notably, the COVID-19 infection really seems to cause a runny nose, sneezing, or sore throat. These symptoms have been observed by 5% of patients. Sore throat, sneezing, and stuffy nose are most often signs of a cold. 80% of cases are mild. Uh, again, these are where I'm getting this information is from worldometers.info slash coronavirus, forward slash coronavirus, forward slash coronavirus dash symptoms forward slash. So if you want to go check that out again, I will leave the link to where I'm getting in this all in the description down below. But 80% of cases are mild based on based on all 70,314 cases of COVID-19 confirmed, suspected, and anti-symptomatic cases in China as of February 11th a paper by the Chinese CDC excuse me a paper by the Chinese CCCDC too many C's released on February 17th and published in the Chinese Journal of okay I'm not trying to pronounce that here now has found that let me check. Hold on. Epidemiology. Where? Hold on. What is that? How do you? How the fuck do you say that? Epidemiology. Epidemiology. Oh. But the. The Chinese Journal of Epidemiology has found that 80.9% of infections are mild with flu-like symptoms and can recover at home. So, technically, this is basically another form of the flu. 13.8% of cases are severe, developing severe diseases including pneumonia and shortness of breath. So, the fucking, to, the, to all the fucking people out there who are going out hoarding fucking shitloads of toilet paper, hand sanitizer, soap, and all that, calm the fuck down. Alright? Just do us a favor and calm the fuck down. C can you do that for us? Just do us all a favor and, and just calm the fuck down. Alright? Because, again, we're just dealing with another form of the flu. The only reason why people are losing their shit and the only reason why people are 
are going fucking crazy is because the media is hyping this shit. It's hyping it. That's why people are flying to the stores. That's why people are buying shitloads of fucking toilet paper. Stupid amounts of hand sanitizers, soap and all that. Is because the fucking media is overhyping this shit. They're not doing it any good, honestly. And that's, I'm sorry, but that's fact. The, the media is not doing this coronavirus pandemic any good. I just wish the media could shut the fuck up about it and let it all play out. Just like the president. How I wish the president could also shut the fuck up about it as well and let it all play out. But n- no. No, I'm sorry. that That's not going to happen. Because the media is going to be the media. And they're going to do whatever the fuck it'll, do, it'll take to get their ratings up. You know? They'll do whatever the fuck it'll take to get their ratings up. And it's ridiculous. It's it's disgusting. It's why I honestly don't watch any of these fucking news outlets. It's why I honestly don't listen to any of these news outlets. I'm going to admit I watch NBC Nightly News from time to time. But other than that, I don't really watch the news. I'm not a huge follower in the news. You know? I mean, I follow... Some news websites on uh, Facebook, but I mean, other than that, I I really don't follow the news. Yeah, some of the articles I get are from uh, are from news outlets, but uh, you know, like this next one's from CNN Business, the uh, network that Trump supporters love to call fake news. But uh, our president. Is being our president again. Can you believe it? Because apparently Trump viciously attacked an NBC News reporter in an extended rant after being asked for a message to Americans worried about the coronavirus. Oh my fucking God. (laughs) This guy is a child. That's... In an extraordinary exchange on Friday, President Donald Trump viciously attacked... I love how... I love how... I love the media. Viciously attacked. Nah. Yeah, he viciously attacked him. Ah. Viciously attacked an NBC News reporter who asked what his message would be to Americans who are frightened by the coronavirus pandemic that is spreading across the country. A simple question, you know? What is your message to Americans? What's your message? The exchange which occurred at the White House Daily Coronavirus Task Force briefing began when NBC News reporter Peter Alexander asked Trump whether he was giving Americans false hope by pouting. Wait, what? I'm a retard. What is this word? Touting. Yes, I was white. Attempt to, okay, touting. Yes, I was right. By touting unproven coronavirus drugs. Towards the end of the exchange, Alexander cited that the latest pandemic statistics showing thousands of Americans are now infected and millions are scared. Alexander asked a simple question. Excuse me. He asked, what do you say to the Americans who are scared? A simple question. 
And of course, Trump fucking delivers with his childish response. Saying, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. But, uh, really? Now, I'm not taking anyone's sides, but... So he's a terrible reporter. <coughs> Excuse me, hold on. Ugh. He's a terrible reporter because he wants you to give Ameri the American people a message. That just that right there just fucking proves how much he gives a shit about the American people. Honestly, that right there just proves how much he gives a shit about the fucking American people. Because we all know Trump doesn't give a shit about the American people. It's honest. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious he doesn't. Saying stupid shit like that shows you do not give a shit about the American people. And you only give a shit about yourself. All the reporter wanted to know. Yes, and I know you have a little thing for the media, Trump. You hate the media. Oh, oh the media attacks me. Oh, the media hurts my feelings. Oh, the media doesn't praise me. Oh. Again, Alexander asked you one simple question. What do you say to the Americans who are scared? That's what we wanted to know. That's all we wanted to know. And of course... <sighs> oh, you're a terrible reporter. The president proceeded to launch into an extended rant against Alexander saying he asked a nasty question. Wow! Oh my god! <laughs> A nasty question! Oh, let's keep going. And... Assaulting NBC and its parent company, Comcast. You're doing what? Send. Excuse me. What is what? What are we doing? Sensationalism. Sensationalism. The use of exciting or shocking stories or language and expense of accuracy in order to provoke public interest or what? So basically, Trump speaking out of his ass. Trump charged. And same with the NBC and Comcast. I don't call it Comcast. I call it Concap. And we call this man our fucking president. Let me just tell you something Trump added. That's really bad reporting. And you ought to get back to reporting instead of sensationalism. Honestly, he doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. That's the he doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. How is asking the president of the United States? How is asking the president what he has to say to American people who are scared about the coronavirus? How is that nasty? How is that a bad question? It just sounds like a question Donnie doesn't want to answer. That's what it is. It's a question Donnie does not want to answer. 
because he doesn't have an answer for it. That, and it's because he doesn't give two single shits. Moments later, Kathleen Collins, a White House correspondent for CNN, asked Trump if it was appropriate to embark, here we go, embark on tirades against members of news media during a public health crisis. I mean, she's got a point. I'm sorry if you call CNN fake news, but for once I'm going to agree with her. Is it really appropriate to be acting like a stupid little fucking child when we're having a crisis right now? You see yourself as a wartime president right now, leading the country through a pandemic that we're expecting. We're, excuse me, we're experiencing, Collins noted. Do you think going off on Peter, going off on a network is appropriate when the country is going through something like this? And of course, Trump defended his verbal assault on Ali, which I'm sorry, Trump supporters. Yes, that was a verbal assault. Okay. Trump defended his verbal assault and says he's not a good journalist and launching into another rant against him. Coming together is much harder when we have dishonest journalists. What was so dishonest about what he said, though? That's what I don't get. What was wrong with what he asked? What was wrong with it? I mean, because honestly, that's a question I want to know, too. That's a question I want to know, too. You know? I mean, I know I'm, I'm not as scared about it, but... It's ridiculous. It's... Here's, here's another article uh, from VanityFair.com. Trump uses coronavirus press conference to confirm he's an actual psychopath. Over the past three years, many terms have been thrown around to describe Donald Trump. Phrases like huge moron, colossal jerk, massive prick, yeah, and our personal favorite, malignant tumor. He, 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 he is definitely a fucking malignant tumor on the state of, on the country of America here. He is a giant malignant fucking tumor. Obviously, many have agreed that the 45th president of the United States is both a terrible person and an idiot incapable of tweeting a coherent sentence. Again, I, I gotta agree with that. Let alone running the country. Still, some have worried it would be taking things too far to diagnose the man as a full-blown psychopath. Just, come on, the guy is a fucking psychopath. This is basically the uh, same stuff here. Um, Oh, and I guess this is the... What do you say the Americans were scared, though? I guess nearly 200 dead, 14,000 who were sick, 
millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. Uh, I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. The American people are looking for answers, and they're looking for hope. And you're doing sensationalism, and uh, the same with NBC and Comcast. I don't call it, I don't call it Comcast, I call it Comcast. Let me just ask for who you were. Let me just say something. That's really bad reporting. And you want to get back to reporting instead of sensationalism. Let's see if it works. It might and it might not. I happen to feel good about it, but who knows? I've been right a lot. <laughs> no, you have not. I've been right a lot. I had to throw that in there. That was the uh That was the little clip there of uh President Trump going off on a reporter. Uh but I have been right. Yeah, that's I have been right a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I I I, I This man continues to amaze me, to be quite honest. But this coronavirus crap has honestly gotten out of control at this point. It's, it is honestly some crazy stuff, not gonna lie. But we'll have to see how everything all unfolds, you know. We'll have to see how everything, uh plays out but ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that's it for this episode of this and that uh a couple things before we do conclude this episode um i want to let you know that i submitted the podcast to get approved for itunes so i'm hoping to get this podcast up on itunes as well uh it's on spotify it's on anchor.fm forward slash jeremy mosier um and I'm also going to try to post each and every episode. I I can't if I can remember. I haven't been too uh I haven't been too good when it comes to posting them up on the second channel, Boston32332 if you guys haven't already go subscribe to that. But yeah, hopefully we'll get this motherfucker up on iTunes. So for those who listen to podcasts through iTunes, it'll be up there on iTunes as well. Hopefully, if uh, Apple likes my podcast and they accept it, that's a fart for them. Please accept my podcast. It's a good one. But that's it. I'm done. And uh, I'm back in the next episode. Till then, peace.